What three creators do you see that you think could become billionaires? He said, Mr. Beast, Dude Perfect, or something like that. And then he said, You. No way. Cody 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 is popping off. The algorithm has shined upon him. Cody is one of the biggest YouTubers on the platform. How did you get good at doing what you do? If you go and listen to my first episode of my podcast, it was complete garbage. If I'm thinking about like what makes a good podcast or what makes a good YouTube video or what makes a good song, the number one thing you can do is. How much are you thinking about like the business side of, of what about you being a billionaire? <laughs> no, not... When I was younger, it was like literally just about the creative. But now that I'm getting older, it's like I want the business to succeed. And then he looks at his phone. And he's like, Elon's been texting me. And then he showed us his phone. And it was like Elon Musk. who was like, come over. And he was like, should we go over to his house? <laughs> yeah. I mean, you can't really say no to that. And so he got in cars and drove to his house. We got to his house and him and Grimes are like standing on the driveway with lanterns. Like, welcome to Why? my house. <laughs> That's insane. What's he like? Like, it was one of those things where we... I feel like I can rule the world. I know I could be what I want to. Uh, I put my all in it like my days off. By the way, I listen, I listen. This is like one of my favorite podcasts. Oh, hell yeah. So it's an honor to be on it. Right. Because I, it's one of two that I listen to. That's and not, so not even sponsored. You guys that was amazing. And, yeah. No, I'm, I'm serious. So like <laughs> when you hit me other? up, I was like, let's go. I mean, it's all in. Yeah. <laughs> Obviously. But yeah, it's a, um, I, they're good too. I like them too. Yeah. So the, you guys just switched between you guys and, uh, and how I built this. And you, li- so you listen to the pod, so you kind of know the, the vibe. And so I invited you to come on. Uh, did you think about like, what are we going to like? Because it's different than our normal episodes. Right? Yeah, First, yeah. Sam's not here. Second, yeah. you're like cool entertainment guy and we're usually like nerdy tech guys um what do you think was going to happen i don't know (laughs) but i like being the guest on a podcast is so much better than being the host of one right (laughs) because like it's like that's your right i gotta drive yeah yeah, the pressure's on you (laughs) i can just sit here and answer questions you know yeah good okay well that's what we're gonna do but the the, actually the interesting thing is you actually started as kind of nerdy tech guy too i did yeah you were uh i think like an ios dev yep and Let's start there. So the origin story is you uh, you go to Duke and you you make a viral app at one point. I don't know if we were at school or right after school. It was I, I was during college. During college. I was. Uh, what did it actually do? So I know it was called Cap That or I Cap That. I'd Cap That. I'd Cap That. Yeah. What, did, what was the app? A very funny name, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> Hey, let's take a quick break to tell you about our sponsor. You know, finding a service solution that keeps your customers happy can feel impossible. Like trying to remember the name of that guy you literally just met at that networking event. And HubSpot Service Hub can help. So with the service solution part, at least it makes it easy. It brings service and success together on one powerful platform. With an AI-powered help desk and a chatbot to handle your frontline tickets so you could scale support and drive retention and revenue. Visit HubSpot.com slash service to learn more. Um, so it was like, I was a senior in college and uh, I was on the diving team all four years. So I like didn't have like in the summers and stuff, I was just training. And so I never did an internship. I didn't have any resume by the time I was a senior and all these, all my like peers were doing internships and they had jobs lined up for as soon as they graduated. I didn't, I had nothing. And that kind of scared me because I'm Canadian and I wanted to stay in the States. So I needed a visa, which means I needed a job. And I also just like needed money and stuff for when I graduated. I was right. like, what the fuck am I going to do? So I was studying computer science at that time. And uh, they didn't have an iOS class, but I was like, I was obsessed with my phone, obviously. And I was like, I really want to know how to make an app. So I just bought a book, taught myself. And then like, you know, the way you really teach yourself something is 
you sure you can like read and watch YouTube videos, but like it's by, you know, thinking of a project and then trying to make it come to life. Right. So that was my project. There was one that did something similar, but it was a paid app. And I was like, oh, this is a perfect opportunity because it's not a hard idea. And what was the and, idea? So you're captioning. Yeah, basically pictures it was like, or like as a meme, meme generator. Basically. Yeah. yeah. It was like, you would select a picture from your library or take a picture. And then it would, it had like an internal database of funny captions that we all just like got drunk and came up with. And right. so it would automatically apply one to the picture in white font. But like all the captions were sort of general enough where people thought that there was like AI going on. <laughs> like what's an example? Like what do you mean? Like, like, I don't know, a super one, uh, I guess a stupid one would be like, you take a picture of someone in here and it'd be like addicted to cocaine or something like that. <laughs> and people would people see like, that and be like, oh, he is. That's so true. <laughs> He does look like a cokehead. <laughs> and so it, and okay, so then the way I got it to spread is it got rejected by the Apple review, you know, board or whatever, right. multiple times. And so I was like, for being inappropriate. So I was like, hey, I, don't, I can't make this app clean because then it's not funny. Right. And it won't do anything. So I basically had the, I, I wrote some code so that the internal database was timed because I knew the app review process took like a week. Right. <laughs> so then, Basically, after seven days, it would release all the dirty captions. So I got by the Apple review system. Amazing. And then everyone was like, oh, my God, this app is so wild. Like, look, at there's like swear words in it. And it just blew up. It was the number one app in the App Store. You're just on campus. Above like eBay and Google. And it was number one. And I paid zero dollars for marketing. Right. And I'm on campus. Like, I don't know what to do. Because I know I should be making money from this, but I'm not. And I have no idea how to make money or anything about business. Right. And I was talking to my friend. I was like, what do I do? And he was like, dude, you should like sell ads. And I was like, I don't know. How do I even start to do that? Right. Like, I didn't know the first thing about setting up like an ad SDK or anything. And so. And you also kind of know your shelf life. Like, you know, every day that you're the top is great. Exactly. And this I might know, not be the case 100 days from now when yeah. I figure this out. And when you blow up that fast, the graph goes the other way just as quick. Right. So I was stressing on what to do. And uh, I got an email from a CEO of a startup in Palo Alto. And he was like, hey, saw your app. I love it. I want to hire you and buy the app. And I was like, perfect. <laughs> yeah, that worked out. So I, I took a trip to Palo Alto, which was cool for me because like growing up, you know, being obsessed with Apple and Steve Jobs, I was like, Silicon Valley is like a dream. That's where I'd want to end up. But is this it? This is the app? Yes, this is it. Yeah. Oh, amazing. No, this is, I'd cap that to the sequel. <laughs> so like when this company. I'm so surprised I, you didn't go with like Dose or something. Like, I know, right? <laughs> Did I tell you this on, on my podcast? No, no, no. Okay, when, so I, I took a trip to Palo Alto, fell in love with it, met the team. They loved, they like, you know, we just got along great. It was a, it was a mobile ad SDK company. Yeah. It was a mobile ad network. So they needed my app to drive traffic through the network. Cool. And I needed money and a job. Right. So they, like, it was, you know, pretty um, mutually beneficial. They acquired the app. I think it was, like, for 50K, half in cash, half in stock, which was great for me. It was a nice, like, lump sum to yeah. get a lump sum. Sorry, to get, like, an apartment and furniture and stuff. And then my first job was, was, to, to, make make a, was to make a sequel that was a paid version. Oh, no, actually, no. The My first job was to make a, I'd cap that plus, which was the paid version. <laughs> right. And we, we launched it, and immediately it made 200 grand. And wow. I was like, damn it. Wow. <laughs> damn it. 
You should have just done this by myself. You're early to the plus train. Bad, but there wasn't Apple Plus. And then we did ESPN exactly. Plus. You were, you were, yeah. I invented you're that. Pioneered yeah. that shit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I have it patented actually. <laughs> and so then we made. I kept that two, and then we made. I kept that two plus, and we just milked this thing. <laughs> How much did this do you think the whole generated? thing made like half a million bucks or something like that? <laughs> but then you know, then it died. Yeah. But and so you had you had that run of like you're doing that on campus. So you got the taste of like the thrill of making something, succeeding, kind of failing, but also succeeding at the same time. Where was your head at at that point? You're like, what are you thinking at that moment? You're like, oh, I could just do this again. Or what was your approach after that? Like after I got the job? Just like after you had gone through that experience, like did you think of like, I'm yeah. going to do this again? Or what, what was your... It definitely was my first like little taste of independent success. So that definitely gave me a little courage. Um, like my plan was, okay, I'm just going to stay at this company and work my ass off and try to try, you know, do what I can to make this thing a success so that right. like the stock, you know, becomes something and that didn't happen. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was like, definitely it gave me my first little taste of success. And before that I had never, you know, had, I had never like felt momentum like that before where something's working and the graph is going up and to the right. And you're like, oh my God, I'm onto something. Right. And then you tasted that again when you started doing like content, right? Vine, Vine content was the next time you tasted that, like that kind of crazy virality. I actually, that was more, everything since then has been more linear. Really? Yeah. Like I've never been, you know, you see creator, creators all the time that blow up like out of nowhere. Like, you know, this year it was like Alex Earl or something like that. Sure. Or um, who else? Like the octopus, octopusy kid, you know him? No. Anyways, it happens. It seems like it sounds happens. promising, though. He yeah, sounds yeah, like no, he's a, really sounds funny. like a gym. <laughs> um, he's really funny. But for me, it was always like I kind of had to grind my way to having an audience right. by literally downloading Vine, making videos every single day. Vine? I was I was actually pretty late. I would say like the whole first like class of you know like famous Viners had already been a thing like King Batch, right? Brittany Furlan. They were already like people, right? That everyone recognized. So when I downloaded it, I was just like, I didn't download it with the intention of like being somebody or, you know, generating an audience or anything like that. I just was, I was working on a social media app for this company and it was like Snapchat for video basically. And then Snapchat for video came out. Yeah, Snapchat <laughs> added video. And we were like, damn it. <laughs> and so basically I was like just keeping tabs on all the new ones that were coming out and Vine came out. So I downloaded it, started playing around with it. And I lived alone in Palo Alto, which has a 21 year old, the most like boring life imaginable. Right. So I would just start making videos. I would get home from work and I just all of a sudden like started feeling like I was like flexing my creative muscle and hadn't done that in a long time. Yeah. I felt good. So every day I would just make more videos and then yeah, it was like getting involved in the community, you know, like making online friends with the other people that were kind of getting some traction. And then I started showing up on the popular page and people started recognizing my face and I just kept doing it like just was genuinely like didn't try to make it a job i just was like programming is my job this is my hobby and i'm going to treat it like an art right. sort of and that that sort of paid off cuz i people i think people liked the sincerity behind it and you what do you mean by that so like for the people that were let's compare the people that were trying really hard to like become famous on vine and what you were doing what do you think was different to the outsider i think like selling out was a much more obvious thing back then or a much more like binary thing. 
Whereas now it's like completely expected. It's like someone <laughs> someone takes off and they start doing ad reads right. and their fans are like, yeah, get the bag, let's go. <laughs> Whereas back then it was like, first of all, six seconds is really hard to endorse something in. Like yeah, you can't even say get the bag in six exactly. seconds. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so it was pretty obvious when people like started making money and then people would be like, ah, you know, you sold out, you're not the same. Right. So I think that it helped that I had an actual job on the side that I was making decent money. But you got to a couple million followers, right? Yeah, yeah. I think I had like, I yeah, I think I had like three or four or something. And on Vine, I always wondered this, something like, like that, or maybe two. I don't know. What happened to Vine? I think it was just a little bit ahead of its time. Because I think now, I mean, if it came out like five years ago, I feel like it would have worked. But it was kind of working then, and then they just like turned it off. I think it was because when Twitter Twitter bought it before. Yeah, they launched, then they launched it and it really worked. But then like the traffic started tapering off. And I think they were at a crossroads where they were like, we can't monetize just just our website. Right. <laughs> like Twitter was having a really hard time monetizing. I think it still is. Was and it, wasn't there like a meeting with creators where the creators were like, we want money. And Twitter was like, nah. And then they wasn't there like some famous. I remember showdown? there was something like that where they. Yeah, I think they like. We're in a room with like King Batch and those right. people, and they were like, "We want this much money to keep posting," and they were like, "We don't have it." <laughs> right? <laughs> they're like, "Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah." Tough so they're like, "Actually, we're just gonna shut it, shut down the whole thing instead." <laughs> you want more how about money? That? Yeah, yeah, how exactly. about no platform? They're like, oh, okay. <laughs> um. So you okay? So you go through that. You uh, you guys have had a you've been doing content on like podcast YouTube for like over. 10 years probably almost right yeah almost what and you said you know it was kind of linear so if i said like what was kind of breakout for you what were the what were like the breakout moments or like things you remember were like oh shit things just got different for me like i something is different i don't know exactly how how big this is but like something changed i remember i remember the first time that i hit a million views overnight it was like a it was a that's cringe video which was like one of now like, like one of the format. most viewed series on my channel and uh i remember like we did a couple and they seemed to be working people seemed to be into them but it wasn't like apparent how much more people liked them than you know the other stuff that i was doing and then we posted like the third or fourth one and i remember waking up to a million views and i was like oh my god that is that was unfathomable for me you know f even five months ago <laughs> right like those numbers just like don't even make sense to me and uh, so that was one pretty distinctive moment. Another one was when we, when then me and Noel went on tour for the first time and the second time and all the times after that, and the tickets would just like sell out. And I was like, I see that was a moment where I was like, I can't believe that this is now converting into real world sales where right. people want to come to a venue and see us in person. That felt really cool. That's always like a weirdly sobering thing. What do you guys do opposite. when you do that? Because we did, uh, we've done, I think, we did two live shows this year. Um, both times they like, you know, people showed up, which was like shocking in the moment and afterwards. Uh, but also we were like, what the, what do they want? Like, what are we supposed to do? Podcast, like, you want us to just do the podcast in front of you while you sit here? Like, yeah, I know. That's boring, I think. Yeah. Um, and we try to do a bunch of stuff. Uh, I personally hate it. I hate, uh, I'm like, I don't really want to do that again because... Like, you know, your series is called That's Cringe. That's in my head. I was like, this is cringe right now. <laughs> yeah, What's yeah, happening yeah. is a little bit cringe. Yeah. What do you guys actually do when you do your live stuff? 
we did uh so like the first couple shows that we did were just uh on stage like podcasts because the same thing we didn't really know and they're then like, what do people want to see i'm not like, really sure they're buying tickets for a live podcast 500 people just sitting quietly listening to no the podcast our live. first show was like a hundred or something like that or whatever there's a crowd of people just watching the podcast yeah and that went well but you guys are funny and i then, think that's the thing they're laughing so it's kind of a comedy show yeah yeah, yeah. so that, i think that works but then we so then after that we did another tour where we were like hey we can't we need something that's going to like guarantee laughs and we really want to want to put effort into this so then we wrote a show and then we started writing songs for the show and it kind of became like a third music a third like live sort of that's cringe that we did on stage gotcha and then a third like just stand up comedy wow um cuz noel was a stand up before we started doing anything together so he kind of already had chops and in research for this i saw a video of you doing stand-up what yeah it... where there's a video oh my you. god please please do not look that up please for the love of god i, I do not want to see that oh it's on my own channel dude yeah. I mean, i'm taking that it down wasn't that this. hard to, for I'm me to do this research by the way what's it like doing stand-up horrifying <laughs> horrifying the thing is i i dj now yeah i've heard and so i like that's in front of people. And I find myself like a lot more comfortable, obviously, because it's not just and you and the mic and the audience. It's DJs like there's something nothing, in between, which right? is already awesome. You know, it's like music. Right. So you uh, for the live shows, you guys are like turning it into like a full. Yeah. By full the thing. end of the tour, because we did a we, we toured the whole world. Right. And we did like, I don't know, like 100 shows or something like that. So by the end is like we had the show literally word for word scripted and memorized right because when you do it that many times it just becomes the same show and then you like alter it a little bit every time if something got a laugh you'll add that back for the next one and, and it kind of evolves so we had samir from colin and samir in here yesterday and i had asked him a question like um i think we had said something like you know uh what three creators do you see that you think um like could become billionaires like you talked about mr beast great who else who else do you think has that pathway or potential and he said mr he's like mr beast uh he said i forget who he said dude perfect or something like that and then he said you no way yeah really yeah and i was like that's amazing because he named 50 other youtubers by the way during the episode that i was like oh cool i never heard of these people because okay. i'm not like in the like i have the things i like and i'm not like youtube culture yeah, i'm not yeah, like yeah. everywhere yeah. on youtube yeah and I was like, dude, he's coming in here tomorrow. I'm going to tell him this and see how he reacts. And you sound surprised. Uh, <laughs> I definitely am surprised. You know, the thing, say that. the thing he said wasn't like, he's going to be. He's like, uh, they could, he's like, it's up to them. Yeah, he's yeah, like, yeah. they totally can. If they, if they choose to like optimize in that direction, they are like the ones who have like the, the kind of the audience, the intelligence and like the kind of the, the capability to do stuff there. Or they might take that energy in a different direction. Yeah. Um. Hey, let's take a quick break to tell you about our sponsor. It is a podcast that we want you to check out. It's called D2C Pod. It's hosted by Ramon Berrios and Blaine Bolas. It is brought to you by the HubSpot Podcast Network, the audio destination for business professionals. And this is a podcast about all things direct-to-consumer, D2C. It's e-commerce stores. It's how you optimize your brand. And they're talking with founders, marketers, and the platform creators about all kinds of things that you need to know for D2C. You know, website conversion, paid ads, Facebook ads, consumer trends, email marketing, if you want to know the stories behind your favorite brands, this podcast is for you. They did an episode recently about scaling creator growth and influencer incentives. That I thought it's pretty cool. So check it out. Listen to DTC Pod wherever you get your podcasts. I also, uh, I was telling Ben on the way over here, I was like, 
was like, I feel like you and Noel could do a uh, like Harold and Kamar go to White Castle movie. Yes. Like, yeah, yeah. Um, so we are working on something. I can't really say too much about it. But I'm a believer that that's like so in your guys' wheelhouse. I think it'd be a lot of fun. I remember so I, uh, I, when I was younger, I acted in a movie like as a kid, like a kid actor of a thing. And my older brother in the movie was Cal Penn, who is oh, Kamar. Yeah, and yeah. so he called me one day and he was like, uh, hey, how's like school going? Right? Like, I don't even know what I had to say. I was like, how's your what do you do? What are you doing now? And he's like, oh, I'm filming Harold and Kamar go to White Castle, which to me, I didn't even understand what the, I didn't know what White Castle was. There was none where I was at. So okay. I thought it was a fantasy movie. Okay. I was like, oh, yeah, I guess he's like going to some fantasy epic castle thing. And I remember going to school and telling my friends, like, yeah. Wait, was, why did he call you? He was just checking in on me. <laughs> he was just a nice guy. He was just. So you were like friends with him after that? Because like, because you were saying like, you know, when you go on tour, you hang out like yeah, a, yeah, same yeah, thing yeah. on a set. You just sit there right, for like right, nine yeah. hours waiting for them to line up the shot. Then yeah, you yeah, yeah, okay. do like five minutes of acting. Then you just sit there again. Like, so he was just checking up on you. Like, what's good? Yeah. He was like, what's good, man? They're like, you know, how's your summer going? <laughs> you saw his number? Um, I don't know anymore. You should read I... it out, actually. <laughs> <laughs> he came to speak at Duke, actually. And I was like, I went up on stage and I was like, oh, I look totally different than like, when I was 11, yeah, and I was, like, yeah, yeah. I was like, hey, and then <laughs> and he was, I was like, like, he probably has no yeah, clue yeah. who I am. That's really funny. <laughs> he seems like a nice guy. Oh, he's ultra nice. Uh, really, really nice guy. He's also, I really like about him is he, um, he just like grinded super, super hard at the time. There's like no Indian actors. Like the only Indian acting jobs he could get was like, you're the convenience store guy. You're like thick accent. And I remember talking to him on set. I was like, what are you going to do after this? And he's like, uh, he's like talking to his agent or something. And he's just kept turning down roles because he's like, they just want me to be the stereotypical Indian guy. Yeah. And I was like, um, okay, cool. So like, what are you gonna do instead? He's like, I don't have anything. And there's no instead. I was like, so, and he's like, he's like, I have no money. And I'm just going to like, I'm going to just wait till I get a real, he's like, if I do that, I'll never get out of that. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm just going to like risk it all and like grind through this period of like not having anything um, until I get there. That's funny. I, I took a, I've told this story before on my own podcast, but I took an acting class one time and they were talking about leaning into your typecast at the beginning of your career. Like you have to do right. what you look like in order to like get your foot in the door. Right. So we did this exercise where we all ran, went around this, the circle like this. It was like a, you know, room full of students. It's like 20 of them. And we all had a journal and we would all like one by one look at each other and write down what we thought they looked like and their typecast was. <laughs> and so like, and then we all revealed them basically like one by one, they, the, the teacher would point to one of us and then the rest of the students would read what they wrote about that person. <laughs> wow. So it was like, it was like doctor scientists, you know, and it was like, uh, you know, race car driver, cool shit. Mm -hmm. And then it gets to me and they're like influencer, cokehead, DJ <laughs> sells Coke in the bathroom. It was literally like, Five minutes of just the most <laughs> offensive shit. <laughs> How I looked like a douchebag. <laughs> and I was like, damn. But I mean, I guess that's... You're an influencer and a DJ now, so, you know. <laughs> I, I, I don't know too, too much about your lifestyle, but like... Yeah. That's what ended up happening. <laughs> yeah. He, they he nailed had, it. He actually had a similar thing. He's like, got a call. He's like, oh, yeah, I'm going to be on CSI. And they're like, CSI... It's a terrorist plot. He's like, oh, man, come on, dude. <laughs> damn it. And he actually, what he did was he changed his name. So his name is not actually Cal Penn. His name is like Kulpin Modi. And he's like, I'm not getting any auditions for the roles I want. So yeah, he just yeah. created a fake name by splitting his first name. Yeah. And then he started getting calls in. And then they're like, he shows up and he's not white. And they were like, oh, 
Okay, I guess you're here. Go ahead and read the role and, and see what happens. Yeah, and then he yeah. got it. Yeah. Actually, the funny thing is, the one of the bigger roles he got was like Indian doctor on House, and I was like, ah, you split the difference. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. He doesn't have to do the like, accent, but yeah. like you know, yeah. still kind of stereotypical yeah. in a way. That's funny. <laughs> Did you, when you were like trying to get better at what you were doing, um? How did you do that? Because like, obviously you get better by just doing reps. But sometimes, you know, if I want to get better at something, I might, you know, hire a coach, read a book, take a class, uh, like study and break down people who are already good at it. Like, how did you get good yeah. at doing what you do? Was there a, any intentional kind of process you went through? I think a, a lot of the times, um, if I'm thinking about like getting what makes a good podcast, or what makes a good YouTube video or what makes a good song, I'll just like consume a lot of it and just think about it a lot. But I mean, like the number one thing you can do is just do it. Mm -hmm. You just learn by doing, at least for me. Um, so that's, that's how I've gotten good. It's just reps over time. Cause like, if you go and listen to my first episode of my podcast, it was complete garbage, right? It's just something I've gotten better at. I'm still not that great at it, but like I've gotten better at it through the years. Right. Um, and now I'm going through that sort of with like music production too. It's just like, I'm at the beginning stage where I'm like, everything I make is a little bit better and just leaning into that, the joy and like conquering the zero to one phase. And yeah, just like learning to enjoy the, that part of the learning curve, I think is really important. What are some things you figured out that made like, let's say the, that cringe series, which now has like, I don't know, 150 million views on that, that, that style of video that you do. What's something you figured out? You're like, oh, that's, I used to do it this way. Then I figured out this and made it better. I don't know if it's really anything conscious. You know, it could, it, it's like, it's mostly stuff that you just like innately pick up on when you do things over and over again, when you read comments and think about what people are reacting to. Um, but, you know, a lot of the times it's like the first time we did a video like that, you know, we were trying to riff and kind of stepping over each other's lines and jokes and punchlines and stuff. And the next time we did it, we got a little bit better at like letting each other speak and right. breathe. And like, that's one thing that I think we're really good at now is we never speak over each other. Like we never interrupt. We're really good at riffing, but like, cause we're innately just conscious of like, you know, the audience and what they want to hear. And no one likes to hear people interrupting and stepping all over each other's jokes, you know? Um, so stuff like that. Um, we just get better at like, just because you do it. You know, uh, I like that answer, even though I wanted you to say like the trick, uh, <laughs> it's like a lesson I've had to relearn so many times that there is like, you know, there are things that make things better, but they're like, there wasn't the trick. Yeah. yeah. It was like a shitload of reps yeah. and caring. And then like, yeah. you know, you just sort of like get better with every rep, but uh, there's like, there's kind of the boring. It's like the, it's not the answer. That's like, yes, I found the secret. I, but it's I, like, just that think, is the secret I don't think it would be time. fun if you went from zero to good at something just by doing one little trick because it doesn't, you don't like, I find so much joy in, in like getting a little bit better at something every time I do it. And then seeing a little evidence of that, which you get by posting online, right? Like the next time you do something, you all of a sudden, you, you know, five comments being like, wow, this is better than the last one you did. And you're like, right. oh, fuck yeah. Yeah. yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm getting it. You know, that drives me. I love that feeling. We had uh, Mark Manson come in court here uh, the day before and he, he has this thing he said is like, uh, happiness, uh, people think happiness comes from not having problems. Happiness comes from solving problems. Yeah, totally. And I was like, oh, yeah, that's like so fucking true. Yeah. And um, 
the better version of that, it, it turns out, is like when you um, when you feel like you chose your that problem. So like, if the weather's just bad, you know, you, yeah. you know, it's like, oh, I didn't choose this; it's happening to me. Yeah. But if you're like, you know, I want to like for you, you're like doing these long race, 50 mile races or 100 mile races or whatever. It's like you're choosing a set of problems yeah. that you're going to get, you know, struggle, but get satisfaction with as yeah. you overcome them. Yeah. Um, right now, what are those for you? So it's like the endurance stuff. Maybe the business stuff is like that, too, for you or no? Uh, yes, for sure. Both of both of those things. Let's let's talk about the business stuff. So on the business side. Uh, you know, a lot of these yep. creators are building brands off their stuff, like products. Yeah, I mean, for me, it was like investing or yeah. other stuff. Are you doing any of that stuff? I am. Yeah, I'm developing something that I'm going to launch in the fall. But uh, for me, it was always kind of difficult. I, I would see people doing it. And I was like, this, okay, this seems obvious. And then I would think like oh, the money that people are paying us to promote their shit on the show, like ExpressVPN, for example, they've been a sponsor of the show for years. And they've probably paid us like you know, if we totaled it all up, it's like an insane amount of money. Right. But their return on investment must have been way higher. <laughs> right. Otherwise, they would then be to crazy. continue to rebuy <laughs> the ads year after year. So I'm like, why don't we just like, it just makes sense for us to own something that we're promoting because then we see all the upside. Right. Um, but it, it was always, it always kind of killed me thinking of the right thing because I don't want to force anything on, on my audience. Uh, and comedy is a very hard thing to like align with a product or a service because it's just something that people enjoy. It's not, you know, it's not like, a, I don't know. It's not like fitness or cooking where there's like products that people use every time they cook with comedy. It's not like that. It's, uh, it's just like, I don't know, generic and sort of, so I like when I started doing the endurance stuff, that's when I was like, Oh, there's a lot of stuff that I'm doing every day. Yeah that it's natural for me to promote. And this is really cool. Cody's run club. Yeah. So this is kind of, kind of my first <laughs> like uh product in this direction where like, I wanted to make something more like fitness right. focused. Um, so this is like the first time I've done like running shorts, for example, when you're, promoting, really when you're promoting it, are you doing, cause that little like video that was on there was kind of funny. Yeah. Uh, are you like using the, like, are you leaning into the humor side or are you trying to be like more serious when you're promoting the stuff? Uh, that's something I still kind of battle with myself over how serious, cause like I always want to be like comedy is a very easy crutch to lean on. Mm -hmm. Cause it's like, I like making fun of myself. And also if I'm a little bit self-conscious about something, it's like, Oh, I was just joking. <laughs> so like this, you know, it's like a hard for me to sit in a studio and actually make a fitness video. Cause I'm like, I'm not that guy. Right. <laughs> I'm just doing endurance races cause I like doing it. And it's a challenge, but I'm not the guy that's out there like, in slow-mo like you can do anything right you now so this, i like i like to blend the two i mean that was great like you were <laughs> he's like on the bike and the guy's like spraying the, <laughs> yeah, yeah, spraying yeah. The, the mist in your yeah. face to make it look like you're sweating that's great so um, yeah this is like my first you know time kind of generating a product in like the more fitness lane and then i'm going to do something else that i think will hopefully be a little bit bigger it'd be funny if you were just sort of the anti-david goggins like just went the other way. Yeah, stay soft. Yes, <laughs> yeah, marshmallows. Just, just sign off with something yeah. just so so incredibly yeah. soft. Do you uh, do you listen to a lot of his stuff? Uh, I do. I mean, I read his his first book, and uh, I've listened to his like Joe Rogan episodes and stuff like that. You should uh, have you read the book uh, Living with a Seal. No, um, it's a great book. There's an entrepreneur named Jesse Itzler. Do you know him? Have you ever heard of this Who? guy, Jesse Itz Itzler? No. 
he um so he married the woman who created Spanx. Okay. Um he and then he created like, the, like Spanx, like the, the concept, the action. Uh no, no, no. The <laughs> she uh the shapewear. Spanking? Uh, <laughs> yeah. That would yeah, be okay. big. <laughs> that would be a, uh, that's a big idea. <laughs> she uh so and he created like he started off as a white rapper. Okay. Then uh he's so he's like white rapper, then he's like, all right, not gonna make it as a rapper. So he's like, I'm gonna work in a um record studio, like a record label. So he's like working as a re- in a record label. His intern was uh like this guy who's trying to be this rapper, trying to be all hard. He's like, Yeah, I like this guy. It was 50 Cent. So 50 Cent was his intern for a little bit. 50 Cent goes off, blows up. So he's like, Okay, um, I'm he's like, that guy like had it. I don't really have it. But he's like, What do I what can I do? He's like, he started creating jingles, so like rap jingles. Okay. So he's like, um, he created the Knicks theme song, like the New York Knicks, like go Knicks, go, whatever, go New York, go. And so he created sports, like jingle, like kind of like quick raps for companies. Okay. And then he sells that company for like, I don't know, 4 million bucks. He's like, all right, I got 4 million bucks. I split it between the two guys. What are we gonna do now that we got 2 million bucks? And they, after they sold, they met a rich guy who took him on a private jet. And they were like, flying in this private jet. They're like, this is amazing. I mean, we would love to do this more. We can't afford a jet. So like, it'd be cool if you could just own like a couple rides on a jet, like a, okay. a piece of a jet. Like yeah. what if I could just fly on a jet 10 times? That'd be amazing. Yeah. Timeshare for jets. So they created that, ended up selling like that. jet or something? Or? They sold it to NetJets. So okay. uh, there was like Marquee, I think was the name okay. of theirs. So it, and so they sold it to NetJets, which was owned by Warren Buffett. That was a huge sale. And then now he like owns a piece of an NBA team. He like you know, Zico coconut water. Mm-hmm. He like invested a bunch in that okay. early on when he was like, oh, coconut water is going to be a big thing. Yeah. Uh, Cause he's an endurance athlete. So oh, he, nice. he okay. loved doing long runs. And so he, he was like, the running community loves coconut water. I think mainstream is going to too. Yeah. So he found a small brand that wasn't doing that well, put a bunch of money in and they ended up like selling it to Coke later. I listened so, to that, how I built this episode. It's that's like one of my favorites. The like, coconut water one? Yeah, if you're looking for a good one. Yeah. Look look up that episode and watch that. It's great. And so he, uh, one of the things he did along the way was he was like, I really want to run this, like, I guess there's some hardcore race in Arizona or whatever. Okay. The hardest race. Death and Valley or something like that. Something like that. Okay. And he goes there and he sees uh, people running. And then he sees um, this guy who's just like a, like a huge guy running this race. And he's like by himself. Um, and he's like bleeding and he's running. And it's David Goggins, essentially. And he meets him and he's like, hey, I want to run this race next year. Um, will you train me? And he's like, will you live in my house and train me uh, for like 30 days? And then he did. And then he wrote, a, a years later, he wrote a book about that whole experience. Oh, that's cool. And this was before anyone knew who David Goggins was. Hmm. So the book came out and he, and he just calls it Living with a Seal. He never mentions the guy's name, hmm. but he's like this character that's like just like hard as shit. And just like, you know, would wake him up, like, you know, it'd be at three in the morning. They just... Like they would run like eight miles at night. Yeah, yeah. He'd wake up at three in the morning and be like, "Wake up, bitch! It's time." You know, and like he'd be like, "Let's go! We're going running again, yeah, and again, yeah. and again." I gotta read that. It's a great book. It's yeah. a great read. Jesse uh, Itzler, you said. Jesse Itzler, okay. yeah. Living with a Seal. It's a good. Uh, look that up. A good one. Have you like for the running thing? Is it like why? Like I don't. I'm like, if you told me to do an endurance thing, I'd be like, "Oh, you've suggested my least favorite activity on earth." Yeah, yeah. Why do you do it? My parents did it growing up, so it it's kind of in my blood. I saw them do it, um, and I've always like they they raised us like we would go on bike trips all the time, and so we were always doing it. And then we would see them do these incredible feats of fitness, and it just became something that I that drove me. And then I was like an athlete in college and right. stuff. So when I graduated, I was like, I need something to stay in shape. 
So like running just seemed like the most natural thing. And then uh, once you do, you know, five miles, you're like, oh, or once you do three miles, you're like, I think I can do five. And then you're like, oh, I should, I should maybe go for a half marathon. You get kind of addicted to it. Right. And then, so I've done like marathons ever since. And then my sister signed up for an Ironman and she did it. And she's my younger sister. So I was like, damn it. She did that before <laughs> me. So then I signed up for one and then I did one. And now it just kind of like through that, I was going through like a pretty dark period, like right after COVID and uh, through training for this, for these, I, I did an ultra marathon first and then I did an Ironman. And through training for those, I kind of like refound my confidence and my happiness. Mm. So now I just like something I want to make part of my life. So like I started the training channel um, and now I'm just planning more things. Like I'm going to do the New York marathon and then I'm planning hundred and something mile ultra that I'm trying to do. What about the music videos you guys do? Cause um, they're amazing. And uh, they're like almost like too amazing. It's like, wait, like where did this come from? Why is this like, why is this good? Are you guys, is this what you guys actually do? Like, I didn't really understand. The first time I saw one, I was like, this is, uh, I don't know, I was just like very jealous. I was like, holy shit. Like you can't have, you can't be like, oh, I'm relatable and funny but I'm also like mega talented on the other side. It's like, no, no, you get to pick, you know, that's how life works. Um, how'd you guys start doing that? And why is it like, why is it so, so fucking good? And like, why don't you lean into that more if it's so good? I do think that, yeah, like a lot of the stuff I've done or been successful at, it's been like, like I'm the person to look at a pipe dream and be like, it would be really cool to be that. And then like actually try. Mm -hmm. And so that's kind of how that started was, like you don't count yourself out, you mean? Like yeah, like, exactly. Like I, I, somewhere in me, kind of believe that I'm probably capable of that somewhere, and I think everyone is of everything. Um, but I'm pretty good at like not, you know, turning myself down. I guess at the beginning, and and that's kind of what I lost in that like dark period was I lost that confidence, and if I thought of something, I would revert back to like, no, you couldn't accomplish that. Um. But when it came to music, I was always like, it'd be cool to like, do, it would be cool to like go online and say, I have a new song out. You <laughs> yeah. know what I mean? That would be a really Let's cool thing. backwards from that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and like, I never, I never played any instruments besides drums growing up. I was never really musically inclined. I had a good sense of rhythm and I really enjoyed music. And so I was kind of like, no, this is something that's not really for you. And then I was like, no, why can't it be? And so I downloaded FL Studio, I made a beat. And for one of our videos, I invited Noel over because he used to actually rap in high school. So I was like, I made this beat. Can you just rap over it? And we'll make a funny song for the end of this video. And uh, he, you know, took a little bit of convincing because he was like, <laughs> I closed this chapter of my life. <laughs> and so finally, got, I got him over to the place. <laughs> he, you know, put a verse down. I recorded my verse. I wrote and recorded, and then I was like, tried to figure out how to process a voice. Which song was this? This horrible one? song called "Keep Your Dick Fat," and then I which was a that. comedy song again. Comedy is like a, again, again, <laughs> the comedy is a nice crutch to lean on, where right. you're like, "We're bad, but it's funny." Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so people don't like put too much pressure on you or make fun of you too much. And so we did that. Oh, that's still up. Wow. Okay. <laughs> my first beat ever. It's horrible. <laughs> yeah, I like the beginning stuff. I, I always like the early stuff. <laughs> How'd you decide on that as the concept? Like, what, 
what didn't make it that this one as the I idea? Do. That's a great question, actually. I totally forget how we even came up with that. I think he must have said, keep your dick fat or something. And then I was like, oh, that's funny. Let's put that down. Well, that's also how Tiny Beat Gang came about, right? Like, that, that, that's, it was just yeah, like something you said. I mean, like, it's like, just like, that was our whole thing. It's just dick jokes and being stupid and being five years old. So, and then, so after we released this, uh, we shot a music video for it. And uh, where we like used a friend that was a DP and we shot it all nice. And then we're like, oh, this is a fun thing. Like doing something a little bit more high production value. This is like a really fun path to go down. And then shortly after this, I got a DM from a producer in LA. His name's Diamond Pistols. Now like a fantastic friend and has produced a ton of music for us. Um, He was like, hey, I'm a producer. Let me produce your next song. This is really funny. And so we were like, sure. And we showed up at his place. And we made a song called Super Zen. Like in and a day or like? We did. We made that song in a day. And how do you make a song shot, in a day? What do you, so you get there. I mean, if you're working with like, a good producer, it's you get there. They're like, what do you want to make? And you're like, like, hey, well, I've been listening. Usually the way a music session starts is you'll just listen to music together. And you'll be like, I've, I've really been into this song recently. You'll put it on. Try to find some sort of inspiration. Or if you come in with a concept, then you'll kind of work off that. We didn't really have anything. And so he started making a beat. We just like wrote some bullshit lyrics and then we came up with this concept. Like at that time, Xanax was like the big thing, like Lil Pump and all these guys were talking about doing Xanax all the time. So we were like, let's make a song called Super Xan where it doesn't make any sense because we don't actually know what like mainstream (laughs) rap lyrics mean. We're just kind of trying to, you know, hang on to the trending references and stuff like that. So then once we made that song, we're like, it's the song is pretty damn good. Let's shoot another video for it. And Noel called in a bunch of favors. We ended up getting a horse for the video. These look expensive too. So you guys like yeah, this you, one was probably like you, 15, you made a bet. You're 10, like this grand. is worth it. Yes, yeah. well, I mean music videos are at the uh, t- a money pit. At the time, was that like kind of like significant? Like is that like this was like a lot of money? Yes. Like, yeah. Oh yeah, it was. We had nothing back then, so it was right. huge. So like I said, a lot of people did it like on favors because they liked us, and that's Diamond Pistols. You know, a lot of people that were in the video, like she was a paid actress, but um are just like friends and stuff. And we knew someone who had a horse and they brought the horse and we paid them like 500 bucks or something. Wow. Uh, so then we released this on Spotify and it actually got a lot of streams because people watched the video because it was funny. So then we were like, we should do an EP maybe. So then we started making more music and then fast forward to two EPs and albums later, we signed a music deal with Arista and we released two songs with them. One of them being Broke Bitch, which now has like over 50 million streams. I think Walkman has like 80 million or 90 million. Yeah, I think I saw one was like 85 yeah, plus I think million. it's almost gold. Is that, is that 100, 100 million is gold? Uh, it's just like it's 100,000 or it's 10 million sales. And I don't know how. I forget like, how, how does that even work anymore? Yeah. yeah, I forget. It's a weird equation. But I think it's almost certified gold, which is fucking crazy. That's a funny but, um, uh, rap idea for you. Be like, Because everyone's always about platinum. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like we, we went gold. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, so you, um... <laughs> that's good. I like that. Yeah, I might All steal right. that. Yeah, I'm funny too. Okay. <laughs> More MFM in just a minute. First, let me tell you about one of the joys in my life, and that is a virtual assistant. You know, here's the scenario: I'm running my companies. I spend thirty percent of my time just doing random bullshit, the stuff that has to get done, but it's not creativity. It doesn't require me, and it doesn't add a bunch of value to the business. It's just stuff. And so that stuff is what a virtual assistant does. 
So having a virtual assistant is a no-brainer, whether it's travel booking, email inbox, or just knocking stuff off your personal to-do list that would have just lingered there forever. I think it's a no-brainer. If you're a business owner, you should definitely do it. I think one of the best places to find an assistant is Shepherd. So go to supportshepherd.com. Super affordable. It's something that, um, you know, you don't need to have the biggest business ever be the biggest big shot in order to afford it. So it's amazing. Go to supportshepherd.com, check them out and tell them I sent you. They'll take good care of you if you do that. So supportshepherd.com, check it out. All right, let's get back to the pod. One of my questions on my list was like, how do I, am I, was, am I funny and how do I get funnier? <laughs> so I would say, yes. Because you listen to the pod, go ahead. Yeah, I, I would say you're definitely funny. I chuckle. I think you guys, here, I'll give you some constructive criticism from Thank a you. listener, from a fan of the show. I think you need better cold opens. Agreed. A lot of times I feel like you use the wrong moments and well, you should use the funnier moments, maybe. It's even dumber than that. We come from a different world, so it's like, uh, we're just dumb about like how you would do a creative process. It's yeah. like, oh, you should care about this. And like, you should run a process that like, like looks at the feedback or the data and then like makes it better. Yeah. Or like watch it together and be like, what could we do better? Yeah. We've never done that. Yeah. But we should. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. <laughs> the show's good. So that's like, that's my only little thing because it's such a, it's such a great opportunity for a laugh right before the smash cut to the intro. It's such a beautiful thing. Right. And so we we tend to like take our cold opens pretty seriously. Or like we need we need a good laugh right at the beginning of the show. So then when someone turns it on, they're like, huh, I knew I liked this show. Another week. You know? <laughs> I'm sticking around one more week. I'll stay till the ad read. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'll stick around for ten minutes exactly. Um the uh <laughs> I just saw on the ideas so I have an ideas section for you where I was gonna pitch you a slash. Oh, ask yeah, you about- okay. We had one before you walked frozen in. Frozen s'mores? Yeah, I was like, <laughs> why isn't there something called frozen s'mores? So why me, though? Well, we why had the idea right before you arrived, and <laughs> I was like, I got to ask Cody about frozen <laughs> s'mores. Potential? You think there's potential there? Listen, I like... So what we're going to do, here, let me tell you okay, that, yeah, how, yeah. This, how this came about. Okay. I was like, in the studio or whatever, and I was like, I want... Because uh, this, this might look however it looks, but like we're in an office building, and this is like a small, like, cubicle of office uh, when we're here i was like i want to buy an ice cream truck and turn it into a podcast studio and like roll it up to wherever we're gonna whoever i want to record with and like yeah, do yeah. That. that's what steve-o does I he does it in an ice cream truck it's not in, in an ice cream truck but he has like a sprinter van right that he's turned into a little <laughs> i was studio. worried that no, my, no, it's not my, that. My but it is idea. cool having a traveling set because yes. he pulled up right outside my house and i literally like my commute was two seconds I that's what i want to do the, yeah it was pretty sick and uh, so we're like, okay, let's retrofit it. And then uh, Ben was like, you know, well, we got to just create an ice cream brand if we're going to do that. And then, yeah, frozen s'mores. Yeah. Okay. Right. Okay. okay. It's a s'more. I see the yeah. cold and the marshmallows vanilla ice cream. Okay. That's idea number one I have Ooh, for you. That's good. I like that. Yeah. Marshmallows are my least favorite thing about s'mores. So. Agreed. Agreed. Yeah. Um, okay. Next one. Uh, let's make a Netflix show. So I wanted to brainstorm with you real quick. Okay. A Netflix show. Business related. So business unscripted. That's the category. Okay. So Shark Tank is a great show. Yeah. We need more. Uh, so yeah. like, you know, the way like, you know, American Idol happened and then there were, people were like, oh shit, The Voice, X Factor, yeah. America's Got Talent. Like people just took that format and started remixing. Masked yeah. Singer, like they're they like, people like this amateur singing thing. We're going to do it. Yeah. I think people like the amateur business thing. Yeah. Shark Tank works. Yep. There's not really another Shark Tank. Uh, there's not like another v- remixed version of a cool thing that you would watch. If you like Shark Tank, you might like this. So we could do one for 
like creators. So I don't know, just like what would, what would work? What do you think? I like the idea of doing it where people like come in and pitch their channel or their like TikTok yeah. idea or whatever. This and was they... uh, Suli's idea last night. He's like, yeah, we need it for creators. Yeah, that's good. I and think so... I've heard, heard someone doing that. I think because I've that's not the first time I've heard that idea. Right. But I think it's an awesome idea. So like, well, how would it work? So they come in, you got you as a guest, as like a successful creators, maybe you're the like judges or whatever. What do they get? Because like, you know, in a business thing, you're like, I get the investment. Oh, what, are, what I are need. like the, yeah, what are the I get the investment get? I'm going to get? No, 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 what do the judges get? What does the contestant get? Like, what do they want money. to create the, yeah. to create their channel? Every, every creator just needs money to fund their idea. I see. And yeah, so that's maybe obvious, you, yeah, and then you'd maybe like, as a judge, you'd be like, okay, hey, now I get like 10% of, I'm your manager now. I get 10% of everything that you make right. in the future. That's and, a good idea. Uh, okay. You're in. I, I, yeah, it sounds, in. Like, it sounds like you're in. It sound, I'm <laughs> in on both so far. <laughs> okay, cool. So we're doing all of these. Yeah, we're frozen s'mores first, clearly. Yeah. Second, uh, Shark Tank for, for creators. Yep. Um, another one, uh, app startup ideas. Okay, so cap that. Yep. Smash it. Yep. Cap that plus. <laughs> true smash hit. I kept that two smash hit. Smash hit. I kept that two plus. Where did it less stop? Of the hit. <laughs> yeah. Was it two plus where it ended? <laughs> that's, that's when traction started dying a little Have bit. Have you had any? And you were almost, I say almost because I think your friend, best friend, something like that, started cameo. So you were like yeah. very close also to creating cameo yeah. or being a part of cameo. Oh, yeah. Uh, I could have been in at the beginning. They were making that in my living room. And I was like, this is, you're like, okay, guys, losers. <laughs> <I'm> like, cool. <laughs> yeah, it looks cool. Like, what are these guys doing? And then I go record a YouTube video. Like that's any cooler. And, uh, and then it blew the fuck up. And then I ended up investing in series a. Right. And I was like, these guys were building this beside me. Well, good for you because I, anytime I miss the first round, it kills me to come in later, even though like you should just come in. It's yeah, like, yeah, yeah, you should, yeah. And I'm like, so anchored yeah, yeah, and you're like, to the fact no, that they were in my living it's room. It's out of the principle. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I will. Lose more. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so uh, have you had any other like, you know, viral app ideas that you haven't pursued because you're busy being like, I had one famous where it was like, it was like, um, it was like an app where you could figure out where to buy frozen s'mores. <laughs> frozen s'more locator. Yes, exactly. But then I was like, wait, that doesn't exist yet. So someone has to invent that. And then I'm going to make that app. That's yeah. good. Do you have any pr problems or pain points or opportunities you've seen as like, you know, you're a creator, there's tons of companies in Silicon Valley be like, we serve the creator economy. Yeah. But I don't think they really know or understand really how a creator's lifestyle is, what yeah. they actually want. Have you seen any um, like pain points or opportunities that you think somebody who's business minded would go do? I think AI like has kind of revolutionized. I mean, like it has everything, but I think it's, there's a lot of potential there to help creators whether it's with like thumbnails, something as simple as a thumbnail or a title. Right. Like I've noticed people using AI to make their thumbnails stand out in crazy ass ways. What do they even use for that? Like what, what are they? What I don't know. Oh, okay. But a lot of times like they'll just make it look a little bit cartoony, but then they'll, then they'll like blend it with the original thumbnail so that it's not gotcha. obvious, but it's eye catching. You're like, something's weird about that thumbnail, which right. is what it takes to stand out. Which is the point of a thumbnail. The, <laughs> the point. It doesn't, it like, you know, people think that a good thumbnail is like contrast and colors and it's like, a lot of times that ends up blending in. Right. You just want to look different. So I think AI does that. I remember like, uh, in history class at Duke, actually, I learned uh, that Hitler did that. So back, okay. back in the day, you and Hitler. Okay. Yeah. Like, yeah, wow. <laughs> like minds think alike. He, all the posters were colored. 
like just like print there. Everybody was, and so he, all of his marketing was done in black and white, yeah. black and white flyers, posters, whatever. Yeah. Because it was just the contrast yeah. to everything else. Yeah. And it was like, yeah. So like, there you go. Like, Take a page out of yeah. Hitler's book <laughs> when you're thinking about thumbnails. <laughs> but I think, Cold yeah, open. Got it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I'm exactly, learning. I'm exactly. learning. Exactly. Um, but yeah, there, I think there's other stuff like, for example, with podcasting, I know there's so much with ads that you can do. The most obvious to me being like, just, you know, training some, you know, AI on how we speak, just feeding it the transcript of our 500 episodes, right. and then having it write the ads for us in our own voice, and then actually synthesizing our voices and reading the ads for us so we don't actually have to record anything. Right. And then eventually just doing the whole podcast. <laughs> <laughs> but like the ad thing, I think is so obvious, it should happen right away. And it, if it's not already being worked on. Have you uh, had anybody like send you a link to like, here's you doing yeah. a podcast, or here's you doing yeah. an ad? Yeah. It's kind of. Amazing. We did it last time. It was like, uh, I forget the company's name, but I think they were looking for investment. And then I think I didn't reply to the first email. So the second one, they were like, Here, here's you, by the way. Here's your voice. <laughs> and it was an app where you could call you, Elon, for example, and have a conversation with Elon right. on you know your computer speaker, basically. And so we called me on the podcast, and both of us just talked with me. And it was so fucking scary wow. <laughs> and weird. <laughs> You're like, He's, this guy's great. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. This guy's funny. I was like, our job is over. Right. We're I not going to have this job uh, in a year. You met Elon, right? You, yeah. What was it? You went to, went to his house. To, you went to his house. I partied with him one time. How was it? Tell me everything. How does that even happen? We were, uh, this is the first time I ever met Post Malone. And we're like, you know, good friends now. I, wouldn't, I don't say that as a flex. I'm just like, I fucking love the guy. And whenever he hits me up, I'm down to hang out. Uh, but the first time he like, DMs me, which one is time. often, <laughs> it's not often. He's a fucking rock star. So it's like, I don't hear from him for right. eight months. And then all of a sudden he'll text me and he's like, I'm in town. And then we're like, I'm like, fuck yeah, let's hang. Um, but he hit us up on, or he hit me up on Twitter and, and Noel, I think, and was like, Hey, Hey dad, or something like that. Like, I love your videos or something. And I was like, Oh my God, I was a huge fan of his music. So I was like, it's like so thrilled and then he was like i'm gonna i'm flying back from australia in three days or something like that like let's get drinks and i was like let's do it and i think i was at i was with kelsey's family at the time my wife like at a family dinner or something and he was like i'm back in town let's meet at the rainbow room in you know an hour and i was like all right guys i gotta go <laughs> sorry kelsey's family i <laughs> gotta dip out <laughs> um so we went and met up with him at the rainbow room and we got fucked up. We were drinking, you know, lemon drops. And and it was just like this surreal experience where we're just like, because he's very similar. He's the like same sense of humor. So we're just like joking around, riffing, having a great time. And then he looks at his phone. He's like, Elon, Elon's been texting me. And we're like, <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> yeah, totally. <laughs> just thinking it was a joke. And then he showed us his phone. It was like Elon Musk. who was like, come over. And we were like, <laughs> and he was, like, we, he was like, should we go over to his house? <laughs> and we were like, uh. Yeah, I mean, you can't really say no to that. Yeah. And so we got in cars and drove to his house. And uh, we got to his house and him and Grimes are like standing on the driveway with lanterns. Like, welcome to Why? my house. <laughs> Is that like? <laughs> I don't know. It was fucking, it was so was bizarre. It the dark? whole <laughs> thing was from a dream. I swear to God. It was the weirdest night of all time. Was it like a thousand people there or it's like just y'all? No, it was like 10. Or not even. It was like post crew plus us. These like, you know, hangers on that are right. just like, hi, include me and shit. And then it was Elon and Grimes and like 
uh, I forget who else was there. A couple like producers and like two other people. So we're all sitting around the fire and it's like two or three in the morning and we're just sitting there talking and Post and Elon are talking and he's like nursing a glass of whiskey or something like that. And I remember thinking like this house doesn't have any furniture. It's really weird. And someone was like, <laughs> well, this is his like party house. His like family house is across the street or something. And I was like, oh, that makes sense. He's right. like a billionaire. That As totally you should, makes yeah. Sense. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I would have a party house right. if I could have one. Um, <laughs> With no furniture. Yeah. And so eventually, and then. And so you're then, all standing. What? So you're all standing, basically. No, no, no. We're <laughs> sitting outside of a, outside, like around a fire pit, like okay. on some ledge or something like that. <laughs> I think there were like a couple chairs. They were yeah. very sporadic. Um, and then I remember like we, we finally, it was like 4 a.m. I was like, okay, I got to go home. Kelsey's asking where I'm at. And so we go downstairs, can't figure out which door leads out. And I was like, I don't want to open a random door. And then there's like a spaceship in there. And they're like, ah, quick, there's not enough time. Get on. <laughs> so then I go back upstairs and I like lean around the corner and Elon and Grimes are making out. And I was like, okay, I'm not going to interrupt that. So then we just went downstairs, found the door. And then we're sitting, both of us, me and Noel are sitting on the curb afterwards, looking up, just like, what the fuck? No one's going to believe this. Like, this is the wildest night we've ever had. It was crazy. That's insane. What's he like? He was nice. Yeah. He was nice. I was pretty drunk. So like, <laughs> what does one talk My about? My memory's a little foggy, but I remember him saying some things that were like, okay, he clearly like thinks a little bit differently about things. What did you, uh, are you like, in, like, what's your, in that moment? Because whenever I meet celebrities, I make a complete ass out of myself um, to the point where I'm like, I don't want to go and I don't want to meet him. Yeah, I, mean, I, I don't want to do it. It's, you know, I start thinking stupid things and I say stupid things. I think I like it was one of those things where we were not invited. It was like posts that was invited. So he really wanted to get to know posts. So they were talking and we were sitting beside just got kind of going, yeah. <laughs> so yeah. Well, I mean, it, yeah, totally. They know, agree, agreeing. So we were trying to like, you know, not be a nuisance. Right. And, that's a better uh, mentality. That's, yeah. that's my new mentality yeah, yeah, with yeah, celebrities. Yeah, yeah. Just be there, not be a nuisance and don't. Yeah. Don't get people to wish you weren't there. <laughs> you know, that's the new win. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, because yeah. my win is like we're we're best friends after this. So what I need to do is you charm the pants yeah. off this guy. No, yeah, I was too scared, honestly. That's hilarious, dude. This was fun. Thanks for coming on. Yeah, and, this was uh, great. Uh, thanks for doing. Thanks it. for having me. Appreciate it. And cool. Bye. That's a wrap. Yeah. I feel like I can rule the world. I know I could be what I want to. I put my all in it like no days off on a road less travel, never looking back. Like